Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. He was born in the United Kingdom. He came to Australia when he was 18. He ended up in Canberra and uh, the Lord called him to pastor a church down there. But after a while, the Lord had a bigger challenge for him called Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is an international ministry that looks after people that transition out of addiction. And uh, this particular gentleman had to take that mantle on and guide and lead this ministry for a good few, a few years, <laughs> decades in fact. And uh, I've journeyed with him for quite some time and I've just been privileged to learn so much from him. He's spoken in many conferences. He spoke at the Governor's Prayer Breakfast just last year here in Perth in Western Australia. And we've been good friends. In fact, one of the chapters in my books refers to some of his teaching. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a true privilege for me to bring you in Kingdom Stories from Down Under, Malcolm Smith. Pleasure to be Malcolm, here. welcome to the you. show. Mm. I've been waiting for this moment. Mm. Um, I really wanted to get you here as soon as possible because you've got so much to give us. Mm. You've already impacted our lives and every life here that has heard you in Perth, in Western Australia. Uh, and I'm sure that many people throughout the world uh, that have known of you or have been touched by your ministry mm. can say the same thing. Uh, let's begin where it all began for you in England. Yes. How many brothers and sisters were you? Uh, I'm a, one of five. Okay. So there's five of us, and uh, but we were split up in many ways. Uh, not having a father after the war, uh, life became very difficult in England. So and your father went to the war. My father was in the war. Was captured in uh, Alamein in North Africa and uh, in a prisoner of war camp and uh, uh, life got very difficult after that. And Did he come back or not? He came back but uh, he'd been away for such a long time it was just very difficult to try and put the marriage back together again yeah. and so we were brought up with a single mother uh, in many ways in England. How um, old were you when you went to the war? Uh, I was born in 1942 Yes. so I would have been um, uh, conceived, I think, probably in the January before. or de- uh, February of that year, 42, yes. and was born in the end uh, of October of 42. Um, and so he went away, uh, and uh, I only saw him once, one time when we went up to uh, the north of England on holidays, uh, and uh, I looked him up. Yes. And uh, So you don't recall anything from, from your childhood? Nothing There's at no all. childhood memories nothing at all? Nothing. No, no, of him, no. And uh, how many children was, were there? Five of you? There where, was five of where us. Where do you fit in? Are you the last uh, one? But we were split up. We, we were okay. split up. And uh, really there was only three of us, uh, or four of us. I mean, my brother Richard, uh, my sister Jean, uh, my younger brother Bruce, and myself. My brother Don, uh, who was the oldest, really... Um, was out of the picture. Yes. Uh, really didn't know him until really I was 14, 13, 14, something like that. Did yeah. he come into our life for a period of time? But uh, he, uh, so life was reasonably difficult. I ended up in a detention centre, I ended up in an orphanage, I ended up in crisis centres, uh, women's refuges, and, and all sorts of things. And so life was very, very difficult um, during those years until I was 18. And this was after the war and there was still a lot of poverty around? There was coupons. Now people probably don't understand coupons so much, but uh, we would go shopping. I would go shopping even after the war. Uh, Mum would send me down to go and buy something and uh, we had to take the coupons to be able to get... Well, you had to have money as well, but you had to have the coupons to be able to get the milk or the bread or or whatever it was. I can't remember now exactly. Well, we grew up with uh, rationised bread, so we we had... Ration coupons. Yeah, yeah, the same, which was same quite animal. harsh. Yeah, you know. Uh, and what what city were you in, or what town? Uh, we lived in London. I lived in London. Yes. Uh, in a place called Plumstead, and then Woolwich, uh, and uh, went to the primary school and then the secondary school 
in Woolwich. I was uh, I spent one year doing the GSC or General Certificate of Education in yes. England, um, which allowed you to go to university. But because of again the war and all the difficulties, the the school I used to go to, the top part had been inc- uh, an incinerated bomb had been dropped on it, and oh. so it was all burnt out. <laughs> and uh, so we, we went to, to the bottom part uh, was the school. And but eventually n- near the end of my schooling time. Uh, we were put into a school, a senior school, where we could do the GSC. And um, what, what were you doing? Were you playing football? What were you doing for a pastime? Oh, just in those days, I mean, we used to do a bit of boxing, a bit of soccer, yeah. uh, as we call it. Yes. Um, and uh, all, all those sorts of things. Swimming, a lot of swimming. We used to really enjoy the swimming uh, in the heated swimming pool, yes. uh, down at Plumstead Swimming Pool. And uh, so it was good. Uh, life was good, really. And, and again, when you're young, yeah. you don't realise you're rich or poor, no. uh, whether life's difficult or not. It's just it's life. Yeah. Were you getting on uh, cigarettes, drugs, women, no, girls? Not really. No, really. No. No, Fights? No, 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 no. Life was... Uh, I, I suppose Pretty I tamed. had all my other challenges in yeah. life. Um, but I, I suppose when I went to uh, the, the high school, I had two good friends, Passfield and Mason, uh, and we used to stand on the street corner and look up at the stars and say, is there a God, isn't there a God? And, and we'd talk about those things. And, and we'd go to the, the movies and, yeah. and we'd go up to London at times, catch the train up to London, central London. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, we'd hear the Salvation Army people moving around the place, uh, playing their little bands, and, and we'd go to open airs and make fun of them all, etc. Uh, but, uh, you know, life was... Uh, difficult in a sense until we came to Australia. My mother was Australian. Oh. And so when we came back to Australia, my mother had to pay her fare. Yes. We were 10 pound poms. Okay. You see, so we we came back as um, uh, immigrants or whatever you'd want to call it. And so, but mum had to pay her fare and she she was coming back home again. So what did you want to become? When you were in England, were you when thinking about? Yeah, when I was uh, in England, I, I was uh, I was in the ATC Air Training Corps. Yes. I was going to be a pilot. Wow. Or work in the bank, but nice. my first choice was the pilot. Yes. I went flying at different times in Scotland, down uh, in Devon and Cornwall, and and all these sort of places over the River Thames, and uh, so flying. Um, and we used to fly in chipmunks, two-seaters, with the pilot in front, yes. and, or us in the front, and the pilot at the back, and, uh, and all that sort of caper. And, and it was a lot of fun, you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, I, I really wanted to be a pilot. Okay. And then your mum decided to, to move back to Australia. She was coming back home to Australia, and we, we came to Australia, I was 18, uh, well, 17 when we left Australia, because we used to come out in ships in those days. Yes. And, uh, when you left the UK. Yeah, yeah, and we, it took us four weeks to get here. So Did it ever cross your mind that you could stay behind and just let mum come on their own? No, ne- never, never even thought about no. it. Never even thought about it. Uh, and, and there was only three of us um, that came. My, my brother, my older brother, Richard, was yeah. already in Australia. Okay. He, when he was 15, he was in a detention centre. <laughs> and, uh, of course, <laughs> and he, when he was 15, they let him out, but they shipped him straight away to Australia in the Big Brother scheme, or yes. whatever it was called in those days. And so he was sent over uh, in the, uh, on the, under that scheme, and he uh, grew up here in Australia in Canberra uh, because he went to with my mother's sister who lived in Canberra. And uh, he... Uh, uh, was the one who eventually, we used to get photos back of him fighting bushfires, riding horses, uh, in boxing, he was a boxing yes. champion of some sort, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so he was our hero. Yeah. When we got to Australia, he'd got religion. Oh. He'd got saved. Oh. And this was terrible. So you moved to Canberra? So when we first came to Australia, uh, we went to live in Canberra with my mother's sister. sister but we were only there for three or four months. Um, and then we went to Sydney. That's where I got saved, was in Sydney. Not and in were you connected with your brother in Canberra? No, no, he lived in Sydney. Okay. But you see, so there was no real influence there at that, at that stage. 
But when we came up to Sydney, yeah. uh, my brother, for three months, began to share the gospel. He would come and give me tracts. I'd go to his house. His wife and he would talk about Jesus. Mm. I, I'd sense the presence of God. Yes. You know what I mean? The love of God, the yeah. kindness of God. Uh, I understood the gospel. He'd, over a three months period, he shared with me about salvation, about forgiveness, about the blood of Jesus washes me clean. And everything. I, I knew everything about the gospel yeah. when he'd finished with the little tracks he'd given me and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, and, and was and your mum also listening to this? Or this no, was no, this was when I'd go you. over to him. My, my mother had, a, had had an encounter with God um, some years before and uh, she'd been very sick at one stage and uh, <clears throat> she had listened to old Roberts. Now yeah. old Roberts is an old time preacher Absolutely. and uh, a healing ministry and uh, in those days we used to listen to the radio of course and uh, uh, he used to say put your hand on the radio as your point of contact with God yes not with him but yeah. with God and uh, she always tells the story, always told the story, that uh, one time uh, he, she heard him preaching on the radio and she put a hand, as he had suggested, and God healed her. Wow. God touched her life. Beautiful. And she would always refer back to that. Yeah. And, and she would send us off to Sunday school and things like that, and, um, but it meant nothing to us. Yeah. Religion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you began this journey with your brother. He's introducing you to the Lord. And what happens next? Well, he, he spent three months preaching the gospel to us, which yeah. was wonderful, um, but annoying to us. Now, <laughs> now, the reason I was patient with him and trying to talk to him was because he got religion bad. Okay. He'd got it really bad. He was actually paying his tithes to the church, which I didn't understand what's, uh, but I understood it meant he was giving the church money. money. Oh. He was giving the church you money. You were going to so, save him from I that. Was gonna, I was going to rescue this boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was out to rescue him. You know what I mean? And so I was as patient and understanding as I could be, listen to all his goings on and all the rest of it. But what he had to say impacted me where what I had to say to him was water off a duck's back. Of course. You know, and so uh, <clears throat> one day uh, we used to, my younger brother and I used to drive down to Canberra on weekends because most of our friends, we'd, we'd been there for a few months, yeah. so many months, and so we'd got a lot of friends there. So we'd, we'd drive back and forward from Sydney to Canberra to be with our friends. And uh, one day coming back, I was near Liverpool and my brother was driving, my younger brother, and uh, he was, uh, he probably shouldn't have been, but um, he was driving and uh, I, um, I, the Holy Spirit, I, I, can know, I know now what was happening, yes. but I didn't at the time. But the Holy Spirit was talking to me. I remember trying to adjust a pillow behind my back in the car. Yeah. And, um, and the Holy Spirit was talking to me and it was decision time. I had to make a decision. Yes. I'd heard the gospel, mm -hmm. I'd heard preach. And he, the Holy Spirit was really saying to me, do you want to come home? You should yeah. come home. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, or words similar to that, without the Holy Spirit speaking words. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? But it was this understanding. And so I submitted to God and his gospel yeah and in my heart I said father please forgive me of my sin I want to come home wow I was the prodigal yeah I want to come home to father's house yes please forgive me of my sin I so want to you, come home to father's house you actually called him father I th in my heart, I didn't. I, it wasn't a prayer. No, it was in my heart. I, I, I think uh, I, many years ago. We're talking sixty years ago now. Yeah, of course. And, and so it was uh, plus. And so. Uh, so were you with your brother, or this was on your was, own? My brother was driving. I was in the passenger seat. Yeah. I was adjusting my pillow. Yeah. And I submitted to God and the gospel and everything my brother taught to me. Yeah. And my brother for three months had been trying to get me to go to church <laughs> to hear the gospel. But he'd been preaching the gospel to me. He was the church. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the gospel. He represented the Lord Jesus at the church, everything the church should be doing. Yes. And so he, uh, I, and he'd been trying to get us to go to church for three months, and yeah. we wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. And so uh, when I got back to, to Sydney, yeah. this was out near Liverpool somewhere, I'm, uh, and uh, I got back to Sydney, and I phoned him. I said, hey, Richard, yeah. can I come to church with you tonight? 
<laughs> nearly fell over. And so I, I went to church. My younger brother came with me. Yeah. And uh, uh, the preacher made the appeal. I can't remember what he preached about. I don't you were up there. Hand, I, and we went forward, both of us. Wow. And uh, we went forward uh, to give our heart to the Lord. Because he, 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 publicly. Yes. You know what I mean? There was a thing where I want to be seen yeah. to be you a Christian. You wanted to make that shift. Yeah. And so uh, then... Do you remember the church? Yes, it was the Petersham Assemblies of God Church uh, in Sydney, yeah. and uh, I went there for 24 years. After that? After that, it was the one church I went to wow. for 24 years, and I grew up there. Within about three months, I think it was, our Sunday school superintendent, whose name was Marge Jorgensen, she was a matron, yeah. and so she was reasonably tough, yes. was Marge uh, Jorgensen, and so she, she would... Um, Swedish. Uh, I don't know European something or other yeah. and uh, <clears throat> she would um, she she said oh God's called you to be a teacher wow. a Sunday school teacher so you had been baptized already baptized in water yeah um, following the Lord baptized in the Holy Spirit took okay. me a, a week two two weeks to get baptized in the Holy Spirit God had to deal with certain things I think within me um, yeah. possibly but it took me two weeks anyway yeah and uh, yeah, so I've been baptized in water uh, and she came and spoke to me about being a Sunday school teacher and but I'd learned enough spiritual jargon yeah to know what the answer was <laughs> I will pray about it oh you had yes the yes so I, I, I knew to be able to sort of say oh God's called me to be a Sunday school teacher wonderful I will pray about it yeah you see only three months saved and I knew the jargon yeah I knew the religious talk all the and, cliches uh, but I, I knew in my heart I, I wanted to and so Sunday school for 11 12 years I taught Sunday school yes from, from the little people up to the adults and uh but that was my Bible college. Yeah, that's that the best way. That was my way. Bible college. Yeah, I absolutely. taught the Word of God. I taught the Word of God yeah, in to the others. simplest ways. Yeah, and so I'd study all week. Yeah, what the lesson was, the stories. We used to get books from America, and uh, if you'd have the Psalms, you'd have the Gospels, you'd have the Proverbs, you'd have the Old Testament, the New Testament, the prophets. You know what I mean? You'd have the whole range of Scripture over and over yeah. again, and I was teaching it. But you were telling the story. Studying it. Living it. Living it. Yeah. Imbibing it. Yeah. Taking it in. And so by the grace of God, um, that was my Bible college. And so I grew up there in the church. I started uh, going to the youth group. Uh, a guy called Basil Evans, would you believe, uh, was the youth pastor. And uh, he um, uh, chased me because I used to just go to Sunday morning service and Sunday yes. evening. Yeah. Um, and he used to chase me out of church uh, one time and he sort of said, would you like to come to a youth meeting? I said, oh yeah, yeah I think about it, I'll pray about it, whatever. And, uh, and so after about two or three weeks, I did go and started, I ended up the state youth leader of the, of the Assemblies of God Assembly in New God. South Wales. And people like Brian Houston yeah. and Phil Pringle they come to your youth were, were young bucks, no young bucks, but I knew them when I eventually went into, uh, I was the state youth leader, yeah. and they would come, or Brian Houston would, Frank, not as much Phil, yeah. because he was still in New Zealand, I think, in those days. Um, he, uh, they'd come to our youth meetings where we would teach them yeah, things they needed lead. to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. And, and so uh, it, it was great. And then I became a, a board member and I taught Sunday school. I was in the youth department, uh, helped, uh, came onto the board, all sorts of things. And then eventually I became the assistant pastor and then the associate pastor uh, of the church uh, with P.B. Duncan. Um, Wonderful. In those days. Uh, and I was there for 24 years. It was the only church. That's very me. solid. Just one church, yeah. When did you meet your wife? Uh, I, my wife, Marjorie, I met over here. Uh, but I had been married before uh, in, in Australia, in Sydney. And I'd met a young lady up in Parks, mm -hmm. New South Wales. And um, uh, she was coming down to do nursing in Sydney yeah. and she came from a reasonably wealthy family and she was just a lovely girl and uh, we got married but it didn't quite work out after seven years and all that sort of thing but it was um, children sorry children uh, yes had two children uh, Tony and Amber 
Yeah. And uh, they they just love me and look after me. I mean, Amber's got a, a nice house overlooking the Pacific Ocean. So when I go to Sydney, I stay in her two-storey house overlooking the Pacific Ocean. I have a house here in Perth that overlooks the Indian, Indian Ocean. Ocean. So I can yeah. see the both. You're balancing. Yeah. It's a balancing act. Yeah. And, and Tony, my son, uh, and, and they just love us. Uh, they call me all the time and... Um, uh, it, it's just wonderful. So I praise God for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that chapter end? Or well, uh, it, it sort of ended, and like a lot of these things, it can be painful and hurtful. Because uh, you were you were in the church at the time. You were. I was in the church. They took my credential off me. Yeah. Uh, the AOG and all this sort of thing. I was going to say, in that time, it would have been quite. Uh, Taboo topic. Yes, it was uh, not the, the nice. greatest thing that could happen to you. No, as it a was minister. Possibly the worst possible thing. Yeah. And so they took my credential off me, and uh, <clears throat> they took, uh, I was the state youth leader, but they took that off me as well. Were you tempted to leave the church? No, never tempted to leave the church. Um, okay. I, I, or that particular church, shame, no, disappointment. Jesus, but my pastor, P.B. Duncan, so supported that his wife. And the youth pastor Basil Evans and all these people and the deacons say they were so supportive and loving, um, even though these other bad things were happening around yeah. the place yeah. with others, <clears throat> these people were just very kind to us. That's beautiful. extremely kind and understanding, and uh, and patient. And did the, your wife leave the church? She she went somewhere. Yeah, else? she she left the church and um, really got away from God. Um, and that's really why she went the way she was. She got away from God. She mixed with some people, uh, which I won't go into. But, yeah. And, and are your children, just went downhill. Are your children in the Lord now? Or are uh, they still yes, finding their ways? Yes, both of them. Both Tony and Amber, both of them love Jesus. That's they beautiful. go to Phil Pringle's church, would you believe? Yeah, uh, Up at French's Forest. That's not C3. Are they called C3 or Triple C? Uh, triple C. Triple C. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So... Um, what brought you to Western Australia? Well, I was when I was uh, pastoring a church in Sydney with P.B. Duncan, I, uh, on the, I was on the board for eight or ten years of Teen Challenge okay. in New South Wales, in Sydney, as well as um, other commitments I had sure. around as being a pastor in a church. And, so, and we only had about 250, 300 people in our church. It wasn't a big church. Well... Know. Well, well, Still it was, big enough. It, but it was. Yeah, it was a it wasn't good a Hillsong, but yeah, it was yeah. big enough. That's right. And um, and so I was involved with Teen Challenge at that stage, right at this very beginning, uh, with people who were just doing street ministry up at King's Cross and, and all mm-hmm. sorts of things like that. And so I'd been on the board for eight or ten years. And so when God lifted the anointing off me at Petersham Assemblies of God Church. Yes. The anointing just went. I knew it was time to leave. Yeah. But I didn't know where to go. I mean, although I was on the board of Teen yeah. Challenge, I mean, you know, you can be on the board of all sorts of things. Yeah. And uh, but the Teen Challenge wasn't even in my thoughts. No. It was. All right, I've got to go. Yeah. And and so um, I, I stood down, and during the course of that, the uh, Teen Challenge people in New South Wales asked me if I had set up the centre at King's Cross in <laughs> Sydney. Right in the devil's backyard. I know. <laughs> I was going to say King's Cross. Yeah, we <laughs> what a reputation. Ministry. Yeah, and a Teen Challenge ministry right in the devil's backyard. Yeah. And so we purchased a building for $200,000. We eventually sold it for 600000 And uh, we <clears throat> set it up there. And we used to basically take youth pastors yeah. or young people mm-hmm. uh, and, and X number of youth pastors um, and we'd say to the youth pastors, you've got the title, but you're as silly as a tuba watch. <laughs> you've got no idea what the ministry is about. You don't understand people. You don't understand sin. You know, you've been brought up in the church. This is your pastors. practice ground. Yeah, your pastor would give you the title because you're a nice clean skin. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you've really got no idea how wicked the world is. Yeah. You need to come to King's, King's Cross, Christ. spend six months living with us, 
doing three hours of lectures each day on Theological Bible College topics, and that's where Phil Pringle and um, Brian Houston came and lectured for me. Wow. Because they were young bucks in those yeah. days. Yeah. And they used to come and lecture for me, yeah. and different people. And so I, I was running this, uh, and these young people, these young pastors and young people from Teen Challenge, who come, they, they would learn about prostitution. Yeah. They'd learn about crime. Yeah. They'd learn about violence. They'd learn yeah. about drug addicts. They'd learn about the manipulation of the people who would see the young people coming up out of the subways yeah. and how to manipulate them and how they manipulate them. And so the these youth pastors, so-called, yeah. uh, got the title but no experience, yeah. you know, began to understand how wicked people can be, mm. how corrupt uh, and... Uh, I've had young people say to me, I I, I went down, my life became a mess. And then I thought I'd reached the bottom, but I found I could do more wicked things. And I thought I'd got the bottom, then I I found I could do even worse things. And so these young people began to learn as Christians just how bad the world is and how needy the world is of Jesus and the power of God, the power of God in the gospel to change a life. Wow. So this was two years in King's Cross for you? Uh, no, I was just a, a year, a bit after a year, over a year mm-hmm. uh, in King's Cross, set it all up, got it all running, and then uh, somebody had called me from Western Australia. Now, when you live in Sydney, yeah. Western Australia or doesn't Perth exist. doesn't exist. It doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> it's somewhere near Africa. <laughs> yeah, we think it's attached to the continent, but we're not too sure. Is yeah. it like Tasmania? I'm not too sure. It's just a small but town on the far yeah, it, it's west. It's over there somewhere. And, and so somebody had called me from Perth, and I I was so busy at King's Cross and what we were doing there by the grace of God, um, I didn't even return their call. Mm. But then the person called me again six months, four months later, whatever yeah. it was. and um, But... God had called me to pray and fast mm-hmm. um, for three days. Oh. And uh, so I was, now, now this was in January, 1985, 1985, January. I used to have a nice unit that I lived in, yeah. overlooking DY Beach, up the beach all the way to Long Reef Golf Course. Nice. Beautiful. I owned it, and uh, by the grace of God. And so... Um, life was cool just the same. Yeah. yeah life was cool. And, uh, and 15 minutes before I was supposed to finish this three-day of prayer and fasting, the phone I got rings. a phone call. <laughs> this phone rings. And it was this guy who'd phoned me before. Yeah. But while I'd been praying and fasting, God had been talking to me about something or other, which I, I presumed it was somebody in Australia or Africa or Asia. And the Holy Spirit began to get me to pray in tongues and, and it, it was like he was interpreting it as well. And my prayer eventually began, Father, I want your perfect will. I lift up the rod of authority, mm-hmm. even the name of Jesus, like Moses. Yes. And I pray that the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit opened the Red Sea, the Holy Spirit would make a way of escape and bring yeah. many sons to glory. Yeah. And that's how my that last day the prayer had involved and that was my constant prayer. Father God, I want your perfect will. Lift up Jesus, the authority of Jesus. Holy Spirit, make a way of escape, bring many sons to glory. You know, and all this sort of thing. And the phone call. Uh, <clears throat> and so Frank Stockley, Pastor Frank Stockley was on the phone. And uh, he said he gave me the Macedonian call. We need you to come over to Perth. Uh, I didn't care about Perth. Yeah. I was having a great time in God. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know. I, yeah. Uh, look, call me back in three hours. I've just finished praying fasting. I'm starving to death. I need to Let go and eat something to eat. Yeah. And I'm hallucinating. I, I, yeah. And I said, so call me back in three hours. And yeah. so I hung up. And I uh, finished praying. I went down, got something to eat, walked along the beach right all the way up to Long Reef, ate, paddled foot in the water, and began to think about Teen Challenge. Because I knew Teen Challenge from King's so Cross King, in oh, Sydney. Yeah. 
I was going to say at King's Cross, that's what you were doing, King Charles. Yes, and yeah. and, and Sydney and, and the whole thing. And so to get so what they were calling you for here to establish Teen Challenge, or did they, they have a chapter here? They wanted me to come over. They wanted me to come over to Western Australia to establish Teen Challenge. And so there I was said, no, I nothing. I said yet. I wouldn't. No, I said okay. I'm not coming. Yeah. I'm not coming. And then Frank Stockley kept working on me about coming. I said, look, look Frank. I mean, I had a nice sports car, two-door sports car. I thought apartment on the beach. I, I will drive along. I'd go over the, across the Nullarbor Plain. Yeah. I thought so. I said so. So I said to Frank, I said Frank, our pastor Frank, I will come over for four weeks. Okay. And give you some advice. I thought that you see, when you live in Perth, you don't listen properly either. Yeah. I thought they had a team challenge operating. Yeah. Okay. I I thought so. You happening. drove. You drove. Okay. I, I went down to Melbourne. Got a lot of team challenge teaching material from the executive director down there. Drove across. Uh, Loved every minute of it. Rooftop down? Uh, yeah, well, maybe it didn't have a rooftop down in those days, but I certainly had the two doors yeah. and the windows open. And, there was no AC and, back and, then. And all the rest of it, yeah. So uh, just loved it. And I wasn't short of a penny in those yeah. days and, and all that sort of thing. So Gas was cheap. Yeah, whatever. It was just easy. And uh, I, But I remember coming to across the, the ranges. The hills. There, into Perth, the hills, yeah. and coming down and seeing Perth in the valley down there. And I'd heard on the radio about their drug problem. I was oh. tuned into the local, and somebody was talking about the drug problems in the families and, and, and all this sort of thing. And I thought, mm, interesting. And I, I stayed with Keith Ainge, Pastor Keith Ainge, who became, the, he was the national, uh, became secretary, I think, of the AC, Assemblies uh, uh, of God in yeah. those days. Um, <clears throat> and I stayed with him for four weeks mm-hmm. in his home. Those four weeks that four you were contracted for. Yeah, that I've stayed there. And I, I went to a church uh, within a day or so of being there, uh, their church. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I thought they'd take me out to Teen Challenge. Yeah. But, uh, you were waiting to go they, to they, an they, office, they, to an establishment, of a college. They took me into an office and showed me a cardboard box. Yes. And they said, that's Teen Challenge. I mean... You had more stuff in your own car. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot more stuff in my own car. You know, and and I I, I saw a checkbook. So I picked the checkbook up and I looked at it. $42. $149 and some cents. $149 and some cents. Put the checkbook down. Thought, uh, get back to Sydney. Uh, You know what I mean? I probably didn't say it, but didn't think what I made. But anyway, but God began to move. It was just miraculous, the things that happened. I had a young Baptist couple who were actually coming over to our academy to do our King's Cross course. And they said to me, they'd just got their inheritance, Mm -hmm. about Mm $300,000. And they said, we will give Team Challenge, give you, if you stay here and take us and help us, if you stay here in Perth, we will give you $100,000 interest-free loan for 10 years so you can go and buy a property. Whoa. Now, I had said to the board, which wasn't a board then, it was a, a, a So this is 85, citizens. so $100,000. $100,000 is a like lot a of million. money. It's like a million now. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And so interest-free yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. And so <clears throat> we looked at all sorts of things. People had peppercorn deals, da 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 But I had said to the board... Uh, because when we were at King's Cross, mm-hmm. we had lots of people do peppercorn deals with us. Yeah. Oh, we'll lend you this property. Da 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 da. We'd paint it, clean it, do it up. Then they'd take it back off us. Yeah. Then the, the, you, we'd have all these peppercorn Every deals. <laughs> yeah. And we got dudded all the time. And so I said to the board when I came over of concerned citizens, I I, I want my property. I, I want we, we want to buy property. We want to buy. Yeah. We don't want peppercorn deals because they had yeah. peppercorn deals. And I said, no, we need to buy. And so this 100000 comes in. Now, Swan Building Society in those days went broke eventually. Yeah. The Swan Building Society. Interest rates were about 18% oh, in those days. Yeah. Um, uh, they, Untouchable. They had a property about $200,000 at Jinjin. And okay. we got them down to about 140000 Yeah. And so we had the 100000 Yeah. and we had 40000 that we borrowed from them yeah. at 9%. <laughs> Instead Still, of eighteen percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was good. It was good from our point of view. It was miraculous. And it was an acreage property, I, I take it. Eighty-eight acres, wow. eighty acres, yeah, and a great big house on it. And that's you, you just an hour north of Perth, an hour and ten minutes yeah, north of Perth. Yeah, and you could have ten people in it, double brick. 
etc. You couldn't build it for that even back then. Ne never. It was beyond uh, below replacement. Yeah, it w it was a great property. Anyway, God opened that up, and uh, it was amazing because uh, a year or so back, I was preaching in a church up uh, down in Albany. Yeah. And our very first student we ever had in our program. Yes. Turned up. Mm -hmm. With his wife. Wow. Come to the service, and so we. <coughs> He introduced himself first of all, and I remembered him. Yes. And, and we spoke. He, he when he left Teen Challenge and graduated, he'd gone to Kalgoorlie to because uh, he was a spray painter. Yeah. Anyway, he'd met a nurse that got married. He had a beautiful property in Albany on the side of a hill, uh, on top of a hill, uh, overlooking the sound down there yeah. and, and the whole thing. Because so I went up to his house, uh, still walking with God, going to the Church of Christ there. Just love God, yeah. love Jesus, you know. And he's well known because he's been on the ABC, but I'm not going to tell you his name. No. But um, uh, he was quite well known. He, he was the what they call the chainsaw sculptor. Oh. He became a sculptor. Yes. And some of his work is outstanding. Wonderful. And he loves Jesus. We've got our very first student that we had in Teen Challenge. When we purchased the property up at Jinjin, yeah. uh, he came there and uh, just miraculous and and we we taught the word of god and, and about two years after that you met him in albany no no, no but two oh. years after we purchased the property yeah two years after we purchased the property i was walking back from the lecture theater we built a little lecture theater in the in the um, uh, shed there at the time i was walking back and um, <clears throat> the students just said oh can we run ahead uh, and get supper ready Sure. And uh, I said, yes, you run ahead. And I'm just praising God. We had a nice property there. And we had like uh, the white fencing with the, um, uh, like a horse corral and all that sort of thing. It was beautiful. And uh, so we, we, I was walking back and I'm thanking God. Um, Lord, thank you for uh, the wonderful, the saving these young lives and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, I'm talking to the Lord and just thanking him. And God said to me, but I only answered your prayer. Yeah. And I said, what prayer? And I didn't know what God was talking about. <laughs> and I said, what prayer? I don't, uh, you know, prayer, what prayer? A and as I thought about it, it was the prayer when Pastor Frank Stockley, I wasn't praying for somebody in Africa or Asia or Australia. I was praying about the future in Perth, Teen Challenge, yeah. and establishing the ministry. It was towards Africa. Yeah, yes, towards Africa, <laughs> yes. And... Uh, <coughs> And, and God said to me, but I only answered your prayer. Yeah. I only answered your prayer. I only answered your prayer. Father God, I want your perfect will. <laughs> I lift up the rod of authority, even the name of Jesus, and I pray the Holy Spirit will make a way of escape and bring many sons to glory. Amen. And so we've seen many people saved and healed and set free from the devil's backyard. And when we talk about Teen Challenge, we talk about people in addiction. Most of them are yes. either in drug or alcohol yes. or other, you know, suicidal, depression. Yes. With all the side effects that go with the drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, but it takes a while for a young person, when they come to Teen Challenge, it, it, it takes them a little while to begin to understand that the dealer was lying to them. Yeah. The dealer said, yeah. um, this will make your life work for you. Yeah. But the dealer knew that he was only selling them addiction. Of course. He was only selling addiction. Yeah. And so they became addicted. Yeah. He lied to them. Of course. Manipulated them. Yeah. Got them caught into something. And their, he, his phone number was the top one in their phone, yeah. mobile phone. Yeah. So he could talk. Fastile back then. Yeah, yeah. And so, but when they would come to Teen Challenge, we were a simple Christian, Christ-centered, Bible-based ministry. Yeah. Simple. Nothing profound, nothing clever. It's interesting that you call them students. You don't call them addicts. Uh, no, no, we call them students. We aim to clients. lift them up. Yeah. We want to lift them up yeah. straight away. They come there to study yeah. the Word of God. We, we had the ABC came and did a show on us mm. uh, a, a year or two after we'd started. And they were in the days in Perth when the ABC had its own 730 yeah, report. report. Yeah, they had their own seven thirty, and so they were looking for 
something Local about... Local stories. Yeah, and, and we've been in two pages and all sorts of things in the West Australian or the newspapers or whatever. And, uh, and so she, um, this reporter came up and she interviewed us. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the questions she asked was, um, oh, we, we believe that you um, uh, Bible bash these young people. <laughs> and I suggest that's exactly what we do. Yeah. We said, we, we think of it more. She said, oh, no, no, no. She said, I, I mean, you brainwash them. You see, so the Bible bashing yeah. wasn't getting me to back down. Yeah. It was, oh, but you brainwash them. I said, yes, that's, that's exactly what we do. Yeah. <clears throat> we brainwash them. We Bible bash them. We take the word of God and wash away all the things that parents of these young people do not want in their mind. Lying, cheating, stealing, yeah. uh, uh, blaming them for everything that's wrong <laughs> in their life, <laughs> etc. But, you know, we, we teach them about Jesus yeah. and about real Christian character. Yeah. You know, and they've still got the recording. I mean, our students still look at this recording. <laughs> it's it's like it. a computer thing now, um, and all the rest of it. And so she said to me at the end of that, she said, we've got enough good material. She said, instead of just one section, we'll do two sections. Normally they would do yeah. X number of stories. So she said, I will put... Um, part one and part two. Part two uh, on the same thing. And so uh, that was very good. But um, she, when she was leaving, she said to me, I know what you're doing here, really. Oh. And this really stuck with me, what she said, and I use it all the time when I talk to people. Yeah. She said, I really know what you're doing here. I said, well, we're helping drug addicts come free from drugs. She said, no. She said, I know you're running a Bible college for the baddies. <laughs> you're running a Bible college for the baddies. I said, yes, that's exactly what we're well doing. Well done. Yes. You picked it up. Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so I say to people, when they say, what's Tin Challenge about? I say, oh, it's a Bible college for the for baddies. The baddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, That's good. Uh, other people may go to Bible college. Uh, That's a good definition. Yeah, yeah, but we run a Bible college for the baddies. And so we're washing their brain out with the blood of Jesus, with the love of God, uh, yeah. with the power of the Holy Spirit, and replacing it with the character of God. Yeah. Uh, which is more than just character, it's he himself. Absolutely, it's a person of Jesus. 50 different character qualities we teach. And young, quite often people wonder why I've got all these troubles in life. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> Joseph wondered why he had all these problems, yeah. but it was developing character. Paul the Apostle. Yeah. You think of, you know, I mean, God views yes. success differently than we view success. Correct. See, God views that we in the world view success as a big house, yeah. a lovely car, money in the bank mm. that's success nice yeah. image whatever yeah god views success church what a ministry yeah. church outreach yeah. the yeah. gospel jesus yeah it doesn't mean about the persecution no it doesn't matter whether you get your head chopped off that's right like paul the apostle yeah you know what i mean yeah. or whatever yeah or you're locked up in prison yeah or somebody tells stories about you well, Joseph did say to his brothers, you meant it for evil, for God meant it for good. I mean, exactly. what an outlook, what an outlook. Yeah. You know, Malcolm, um, our family benefited from Teen Challenge and from mm. your love, obviously, because mm. my sister, who is older than me, she was uh, suffering from addiction for many mm. years. Mm. She had a very checkered past and she was even in prison. And um, our only chance was to bring it to Teen Challenge mm. when she actually accepted that. Mm. And I know that it's not just teenagers who go there. She was a lot older. And uh, she did go to Teen Challenge to ca uh, Camp Hope or what is it called? Uh, Grace Academy. Grace Academy. My apologies. Yeah. Grace mm. Academy in, um, near Esperance. And she spent about a year there. Yes. And she came up trumps. You know, mm. she came on top. She cleansed up and mm. uh, she walks with the Lord now. Praise She's in church here every Sunday, every Praise Wednesday, Bible study. Uh, she still has her own challenges, Don't but at all. least she's saved. She's yeah. saved. She loves Jesus. She's living a beautiful legacy for her daughter. Mm. And uh, her daughter just got married, and she's uh, studying Bible college. She finished Bible college. Her daughter finished Bible college in Melbourne. Yes. She's studying psychology at university. Excellent. And she's walking with the Lord. She's a church leader there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just beautiful because... Mm. So we have benefited, we have seen the ministry that you've set yes. up here uh, firsthand mm. and in, in our own family, you know, mm. 
the restoration mm. yeah. that has happened and this is just tremendous mm. that's the fruit you see yeah. the fruit from the ministry we have failures as well of course we have absolute disasters sometimes you can pour your whole life into somebody's life yeah. and they turn around and spit in your face yeah or in god's face not my face so much yeah. but they may spit on me but they spit in god's face not my face yeah. i understand what's happening yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but by the grace of God, we don't have too many. No. By the grace of God, we don't have too many. Um, as we approach uh, the end of this uh, video cast and podcast, Malcolm, what's the legacy you'd like to be known by? What's the legacy you'd like to pass on to the generations that follow? Well, I, I, I really am an evangelist. Yeah. So I, I, I think the, if there's a legacy, uh, that would be that we take Jesus into the world. Yeah, you know, not into the church. No. Yeah, yes, into the church. Sorry, into the church, but into the world. From the church into the world. From the church into the world. Yeah. Whichever way you want to put yeah. it. Yeah. We we need to be representatives of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. You, you see, <clears throat> again, we teach our young people a chameleon. You know yes. what a chameleon is? Yes. It changes, changes color yeah. according to its background. Yeah. So it can be green if it wants to be green, black or yeah. red. And so the birds or whatever wants yeah. to kill it can't attack it. Yes. You see, now, I don't change my color. No. You see, I can mix with millionaires and billionaires and politicians and kids in prison. Yes. But I don't change my color. I'm still a Christ-centered, Bible-based Word believer of God, and believer in Jesus yeah. and walking with Jesus. And that's what we teach. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we teach that because we say to our young people, you, you know, as Christians, once you were a caterpillar yeah. and you used to walk through the earth on lots of little legs yeah. of the earth earthy, but there was a radical change. And the word transformation yes. is the same as like being born again yes. or um, the way that God describes it. You go from a caterpillar to a butterfly and you soar with eagles wow as it were yeah as it were maybe yeah. butterflies don't soar with eagles not that far but still no, they fly but, but they fly and yeah. they're beautiful and they're beautiful yeah the and they're beautiful yeah, yeah. and they don't and, resemble anything of the but they were life. a catalyst yeah but the, you, you see that a caterpillar to butterfly process completely different completely yeah. and so this is god's transformation work yeah all things become new. Yeah. The old has passed away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we looked at the Holy Spirit to do this. Yeah. Because God did it in my life as an 18 year old. Yeah. I see him doing it in the church. I see him doing it at King's Cross. Yes. I can tell you stories of King's Cross. Yes. Oh, and I can tell you stories of Western Australia, of transformed lives. Yes. Once people who were caterpillars of the earth earthy and now butterflies and soar with eagles. Yeah. You know, the word of God, they've been transformed. Absolutely transformed. That's beautiful. And it, that's not a camellia. No. It's it just changes color. Yeah. But we as Christians don't change colour. No. We transform. We renew it into we, a new We being. are now butterflies who soar with eagles. And so if it's a legacy yeah. to leave, it's let's bring the love of God, the mm -hmm. Father, yeah. that was shown to us in the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. You need the love first of all. You see, a lot of people don't end up in the ministry after a period of time yeah. because the love grows cold. Yeah. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son yeah. that whosoever believed should not perish, work of the Holy Spirit, but have everlasting life, work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All these things, yeah. work of the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, <clears throat> working to rescue mankind from our own folly. Yeah. From my folly. Yeah. I was saved from sin, but whose sin was it? My sin. Of course. My own folly, my own stupidity. Yeah. That's me. And the young people I deal with are deep in sin. I was never deep in sin. You know, yeah. I, I was aware I was a sinner. But sin is sin. Sin is sin. Some of these people that we deal with have been absolutely wicked. Yeah. Absolutely wicked. Yeah. And so we're, t we're talking about the power of God to change a life. Yeah. forever yeah to and we as christians i as a christian my legacy i want to be able to say to people 
the young people who come through Teen Challenge, you need to learn how to make eternal footprints in the sands of time. Yeah. That's the rock and the sand. Yeah. The Bible, Jesus talked about it, yeah. the rock and the sand. Build on the rock yeah. upon the sand. The eternal footprint, you see, this, the tide comes in each day, the end of each day. The tide comes in and washes the footprint away, accepts an eternal footprint. And how do you make an eternal footprint? If you lead somebody to Jesus. Yeah. You lead somebody to Jesus, you make an eternal footprint. They will live forever. Yeah. I can buy, buy a house. Yeah. But it'll vanish. It'll That's go. Right. I can do this. I can do that. I can do all sorts yeah. of things. But it'll be here and gone. That's right. But in love, are you Jesus. are you grooming somebody? Are you discipling somebody uh, into the next chapter for Teen Challenge? No, not really. No, <laughs> that's no. good. Everybody that comes to Teen Challenge is ready. Is is, is ready? I, I mean, we've got pastors who are running churches here yeah. uh, in Perth, and uh, this weekend I think we've got a, a minister guy in the Uniting Church in Bondi in Sydney being uh, brought into the ministry. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, through their Bible college and all that sort of thing. And so we started Teen Challenge in Japan. The Americans start, tried for years yes. to start Teen Challenge in Japan, could never get it to, to work. They needed an Australian. We had a Japanese guy, came yeah. from Teen Challenge, from, from, uh, who Japan. had a serious drug problem in Tokyo. Yes. His wife was a school teacher. He came to Western Australia, got gloriously saved, Casa yes. we called him, and uh, uh, he was... <clears throat> just wonderful and he went back and he got some businessmen praying and I went up there and we were on the media and, and all sorts of things and we just um, God established Teen Challenge and it's been there for maybe 20, 20 odd years now beautiful and, and got properties in uh, different parts of the place that's phenomenal and we go up there they they fate us and look after us it's wonderful <laughs> Lovely. well there are some perks at least yes occasionally yeah. Uh, as part of the ministry. Mm. Well, we thank you so much for joining mm. us at mm. Kingdom Stories from the Ananda. Mm. It's beautiful to, to hear mm. what the Lord's done in your life and mm. through you in this mm. amazing ministry of Teen Challenge. So mm. we really honor you. So God's, bless you. God's good. I'm 80 next year. So yes. I've been in the ministry for over 60 years from teaching Sunday school yeah. through to mucking around in the devil's backyard, rescuing mm. young people and bringing them to Jesus, <laughs> who then go on to rescue other people yeah. and other people who rescue other people yeah. by the grace of God. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Malcolm. My pleasure, Nathaniel. So here we are. Um, you've just heard Malcolm Smith, uh, the leader of Teen Challenge, just sharing his story, his love for the people, those people who are probably most vulnerable because of the addiction that they go through. Uh, the lives are restored. They are uh, getting a new way of life and the, 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 footsprint, uh, the footprints that they are leaving behind are eternal and so are Malcolm's as well. So distribute this content, uh, share it with others, give us some rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, obviously five, ra- five star ratings if you, if, you believe, if you genuinely believe that this content is worth that much. And uh, yeah, pray for this ministry and uh, tell others and watch this content on YouTube, listen to it on podcasts, uh, whichever uh, channel you you listen to it and uh yeah come back again uh next week as we will interview a new person on kingdom stories from down under i'm nathaniel costia and i can't wait to see you next time thank you for joining us on kingdom stories from down under we'd love it if you would subscribe rate and share these stories with your wider community and remember every story is worth sharing including yours